Masks of Nyarlathotep, Keeper's Diary, number one. Um, so this Keeper's Diary spans the period uh, of the first uh, chapter, uh, that is the New York chapter. Before I go to that, uh, I want to uh, give a little bit of background first. Um, I consider Masks of Nyarlathotep to be um, the quintessential uh, Call of Cthulhu campaign. Um, I have actually never had the chance to play it, uh, but I've read it a number of times, and uh, I think that it's just, you know, the plot is just really interesting. It's got some very, very good um, set pieces and, and uh, challenges for players. Um, so it was actually hearing uh, yogsathoth.com's version of it uh, that actually inspired me to get back into gaming. I'd been uh, gaming or out of gaming for a number of years. And after listening to their version of it and despairing at how some of the parts that they ignored and, and whatnot, um, you know, wanted me to get back into it. Um, so at, at this point, uh, Masks had, uh, Chaosium had produced uh, the complete edition uh, or complete version of it, uh, which is sort of an expanded version. And so I bought the PDF of that and printed it out <coughs> and um, started to recruit uh, a gaming group um, at uh, my workplace. And uh, I didn't really want to dive right into Masks because it's a fairly complicated campaign. There are a lot of clues, a lot of handouts. Um, as I said, it does have a reputation for being something of a killer uh, campaign. And uh, although that fits in with the genre of Call of Cthulhu, um, you know, for novice gamers, I figure, you know, most of the people I was looking at were novice gamers. And so I didn't really want to just say, well, uh, you know, have a, a campaign where they would, uh, you know, be sort of dropping like flies. So that, in one sense, was one reason why I did not start playing or, or running uh, masks right away. The other reason was that the suggestion for masks is that you need about six uh, characters uh, or players or characters. And although, uh, although the YSDC folks did it with, I think, four and sometimes five, um, I think that did color their... Uh, how they actually played it. Not ha having only four characters meant that they didn't necessarily have, um, necessarily cover all the bases, so to speak. Um, so that's why I started with a uh, slightly different campaign. I started with Day of the Beast. Uh, actually, well, I, actually, I started with The Haunting um, and ran that with uh, a few people and then got a, another uh, different group uh, or an expanded group and ran Day of the Beast, which I was lucky enough actually to find uh, at my friendly local game store. I was uh, just going through there because I was looking at, well, what am I going to run? Did I really want to, you know, looking at what was published and, and I'm at the game store and I, see, and I see Day of the Beast and I look at that and I say, and I see that it's the expanded fungi from Yagoth and so uh, I picked it up. So, um, <clears throat> as you know, Ma um, Day of the Beast has been uh, re recorded and is available. And um, after that, I actually took a slight detour into uh, a diff completely different game system, one that I'd never tried before, um, but had, again, listened um, to, uh, and that was Adventure, Tales from the Aeon Society. It's a White Wolf uh, game. And so, um, based on uh, some ideas I had for campaigns, I decided that I would do... Um, uh, an adventure scenario, and then if people liked it, then I would consider uh, getting some new ideas and trying to turn it into a full-blown campaign. So actually, that's what I'm planning to do. Um, 
now that I've started Masks again, um, there are a couple of characters, a couple of players that didn't want to continue playing Call of Cthulhu, but did want to continue Adventure. And I have a few, a few new players who also are considering trying out the, the Adventure system. So the plan is probably um, to um, find a good stopping point in Masks, probably at the end of the London chapter. Um, although, depending on how quickly they go through it, I may actually take them to Cairo, because, of course, Cairo has a, a rather spectacular ending uh, to that, and so that would be a very good place to stop. We'll see where, where, uh, how many sessions it takes and whatnot to get through uh, London. And um, uh, after finishing that, then I plan to switch over to Adventure. Uh, I have some ideas, and um, then after that's completed, that'll be kind of sort of serial number two. Then after finishing that, then we'll go back to Masks. And again, depending on how long uh, it takes them to do um, Cairo, if they haven't done it already, or Kenya, what, you know, wherever they decide to go next, um, do that, and then maybe finish Masks and then go back into Adventure again because I, I do have some ideas for ongoing uh, serials. So um, that, one, that's kind of interesting. It's kind of nice to me for me to get back into um, actually creating my own stuff as opposed to running uh, published things. And it, it's a different, it's a, it's a really different game system as I've talked about in the Keeper's Diary for Adventure. It's something that um, I haven't really worked with before and so uh, I look forward to those challenges. Anyway, <clears throat> so enough background, masks. Um, so I didn't really want to spend a lot of time doing the character generation. Um, you know, I'd, I'd already gone through it for The Haunting and for Day of the Beast and a couple of character replacements, and I decided that I didn't really want to do that, um, sort of the, the usual system. So what I did uh, was assign them a set of numbers that they could use for characteristics and let them alter them depending on whether, you know, which ones they put for size or for int. I let them adjust it um, plus or minus two. Uh, plus or minus one or plus or minus two. They all did plus two. Oh, well. Um, <clears throat> and actually, the roles are probably, the, the characteristics are probably much, much higher. Uh, they're probably like 99th percentile uh, in terms of, well, you know, how long would it take you to actually roll the final stats that they actually got? That's okay. I don't mind that because as um, all of us who work with Call of Cthulhu know, um, your stats don't mean nothing, really. Um, it's very easy to die even if you had 18s across the board. It's just way too simple. So I don't really mind the fact that they are, you know, considerably overpowered uh, in terms of characteristics. Skills, they might actually be a little bit underpowered. Um, as you may have heard, I just sort of did an allocation system, one at six, 75, two at 65, 55, and so on. It's just kind of building as a tree. And again, that one's probably a little bit under uh, under strength. Um, for what they should be. I haven't actually, I should have done some calculations to figure out, well, how many points actually are you getting if you do this assignment? Um, but, you know, if I need to, I'll give, you know, there's actually, I actually do plan to look at their character sheets a little bit and, and do a few adjustments, give uh, some characters some extra, um, some extra skills here and there. The one thing that's been really, really, uh, that I've been very, very grateful um, to have is there are a group of people um, who are working on a uh, monograph, uh, a campaign, excuse me, a companion to the Mask of Nyarlathotep campaign. And I'd been re following it in the YSDC forums and kind of, you know, just, I, I wouldn't say I'd been trying to time it, but I'd certainly been biting my, you know, keeping a very close track on where are they in that process. And um, when it finally came time that I was, in fact, going to be starting Masks um, very soon, 
um, I wrote to uh, the coordinator of the project, and I asked him, would he would he mind if I actually, you know, uh, would you know if, if he could send me little bits and pieces? Because he actually published on the forums, he made a posting of all the different um, sort of. Uh, uh, section headings. Chapter headings are being, of course, the London, Cairo, so on, New York. And then the subheadings were these different topics. And I said, well, you know, would you mind if I took a, a look at a couple of them? I didn't, I, you know, I didn't really want to ask for the whole thing. I thought that was kind of, that would be kind of rude straight out of the blue. Um, but I, you know, it was kind of like, well, do you mind if I take a look? And because I'm running the campaign and all. And, um, you know, so the nice thing is that um, it's given I think it's a really, really great work. Uh, I'm very, very impressed with the work that they've done. And I think that anybody who's planning to run masks uh, will definitely want to buy a copy of it. Um, it really f um, it fills in a few of the weaker areas the, that weren't completely addressed in the original manuscript. Um, and it's got some very, very interesting extra background, uh, extra scenarios, and a lot of good background information. So if you really want to flesh out, okay, well, what is it like in, you know, Harlem or in London or Cairo? Actually, I haven't read the, I've only gotten material up through London right now. But, but there's a lot of good, good background information. Um, and it was very, very, uh, I was very, very grateful that, um, uh, that uh, Brett allowed me to um, take that and use it. And I, you know, I feel very lucky that, you know, we're the first group that's actually, um, pro probably not the first group actually playing with it, but certainly the first group to be recording it and publishing it. So actually, you listeners who are following the campaign, if you've read the campaign and you say, where the heck did that come from? Um, most of that is probably the companion. Uh, I can take credit for maybe a few tiny little pieces of extra information in there. But anything that you don't recognize from the companion um, that sort of isn't a re my reaction to what the player says. So if the players do something and I decide, okay, well, I have no idea, so I'll, I'll use my judgment and make something up and present it back to them. That's probably me. But if it's, if it's a kind of a, a, a big piece, um, a, a big chunk of scenario that you haven't heard before, that's probably me taking background material that's in the book or taking um, suggested um, hints and whatnot and, um, and using that. So uh, it's really great. The actual play of the uh, campaign, I was very, very surprised in one sense that um, they avoid the police. Uh, I was really considering in between the two sessions, what am I going to do? I just, I had them leaving, but I didn't quite say, okay, you get back to uh, the, um, to, um, Bain's uh, hideaway, so to speak, or his, his place. I didn't actually say that they'd gotten that far. Um, I didn't, you know, so I was really debating, do I want to have the police, you know, actually be at, uh, at the, you know, sort of outside the hotel and actually catch them as they come out in, in one sense, it's kind of logical. Well, if they've, you know, if they've, if they are, police are responding to, um, shots fired, it seems likely that, you know, if there's going to be multiple policemen showing up that they will establish some kind of perimeter, they'll have, you know, check the back, check the alleys, check the fire escapes. So I felt that I was I could have been justified in doing that, but also because I knew that one of my other players wasn't going to be showing up for the next session, um, I I had this great opportunity to have this little separate subsession two um, A with um, Handsome Hank with that one player, um, 
and so I so I let the main party escape because they I just said okay that's that's fine I don't really want <clears throat> to um, force them into this confrontation right away because I knew I'd have this opportunity of handsome Hank covered with blood big guy covered with blood leaving the hotel he's going to be noticed uh, and so I was able to in, sort of introduce um, uh, the police in uh, a slightly different way than the scenario uh, suggests but it all you know it all worked out um, uh, worked out in the end. Um, I was a little bit um, surprised in one sense that they didn't start doing background checks on the Carlisle expedition um, right away. I mean, if you kind of look at the, if you know the layout of the book, you know, the very first thing after um, the uh, stumbling on uh, the, uh, the killers and, and Jackson Elias' corpse and the handouts, the very, very next thing is, you know, background on the Carlisle expedition because you kind of figured, well, you've given them all these handouts ahead of time. I gave them the, 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 the whole set of uh, news clippings. You'd, I, I would think the first thing you do is you'd look and see, gee, what happened to the Carlisle expedition? Who are these people? And uh, it wasn't until quite later that they actually um, decided that, you know, maybe we should figure out, you know, what was going on here. Um, I'm pleased at the interplay, uh, the sort of internal tension between Bane and Flash. I think that's, um, I enjoy that. Um, it's all in good fun. There's no, it, that, there's definitely nothing personal going on there. So uh, if anybody is actually concerned about, oh my God, you know, the character, the players, you know, Bane's player, Flash's player, do they not, you know, what's going on there? It's all, you know, it's all make-believe. It's all there. Um, I thought uh, Juju House, the whole showdown in there was, I wanted it to be very more cinematic and more pulpy. Um, I, you know, I guess if I was in sort of Trail of Cthulhu-ish, I'm more pulpy and not, and less Lovecraftian. Um, I, that, and that was actually, that was another thing I changed in character generation. If you listen, uh, the hit points are, well, are, are different. I didn't, it's not average of con in size, it's con plus a third of size. And I wanted to do that so that they could get more hit points so that they could survive uh, some of these fights a little, uh, you know, more easily. You know, your average, if you kind of roll average, um, con is what, 10 and a half, size is 13. So on average, you're going to have, have 11 or 12 hit points. <clears throat> and, um, you know, 2d6, a bad roll on 2d6, or, or even, a, you know, a d4, you know, d10 plus 2, that can take you out. One, one shot from uh, a 45 can take you out. Now, that's realistic, certainly. But it's not very necessarily very fun uh, from a playing point of view, so that's why I adjusted the hit points there. So I thought that ended uh, fairly well, um, and I got them on the the ship. Um, you know, anybody who has read the Asylum and other tales uh, will know where I got. Um, you know, where the characters came from there. Obviously, I didn't bring everything from that scenario. That scenario um, was a very very old one. It's one of the in fact, it's the very the second book of scenarios that was published uh, after Call of Cthulhu came out, um, Shadows of Yogg-Sothoth being the first. And so it was grossly overpowered. There's there's like a so it's like you, you know Mythos cruises. Uh, everybody on board that ship seems to have some kind of Mythos um, knowledge, background, subplot, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm exaggerating, of course, but it certainly feels that way. So I only brought this one little <coughs> um, piece of plot from there. And uh, again, if you recognize the, um, the other reference to uh, where to contact um, the, the count, um, we'll see if, if they need that, you know, if they actually use it. I have no idea. Uh, it's kind of there just in case I need um, some kind of out. Uh, it could be a use, uh, a, a source for uh, getting new characters. 
Um, so we'll just see how that works. And so um, they've arrived in England, and um, I kind of have a good idea of where they're going, and so we will see what happens next. So that's the end of this Keeper's Diary, and I'll see you at the end of the London chapter. Bye-bye.